0: Welcome to Talking New Energy, a podcast from Delta EE, the New Energy Experts. We'll be talking about how the energy transition is developing across Europe, with guests who are working at the leading edge of this transition. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Many of you listening will own an electric vehicle, and I bet many of you who don't own an electric vehicle are looking to get one soon. And If you're in that camp, then you'll probably be thinking about a a tariff for your charging or electric vehicle, and you'll probably need a a wall box if you've got off-street parking to charge your electric vehicle. And I wonder if you're looking at your energy supplier to help you with those two things. Well, today I'm talking with two energy retailers about how they're helping customers such as myself and many of you listening, and their plans for their role in the coming collision between energy and mobility so let's get into the discussion and say hello to my guests first gonzalo Castelo branco director of smart mobility at portuguese energy retailer edp hello gonzalo
1: hello my pleasure
0: um, gonzalo if i lived in portugal what could edp offer me as i think about buying an electric car
1: well we tend to think on the customer journey of the electric mobility so uh, EDP in Portugal actually we have around 75% of residential market, which totals about 4 million clients. Uh, and these clients are converting into EV users. And so we want to be the, the, their partner and their enabler in that transition. So typically looking to the customer journey, uh, we are present when they buy the car, uh, helping them with the solution, the charging solution they will need. So with a charger for their homes with a special uh, tariff plan for their homes also with green energy when you're buying an EV and a solution with us. And then also designing solutions for companies, of course, uh, corporate businesses, and for public charging, because that's, that, that covers the whole uh, electric mobility uh, perspective from our clients, and that's, that's where we are developing our products and services. Sure.
0: OK, so a, a charger, a tariff with green energy. Um, You mentioned when they buy the car, you want to be present, so to speak, when they buy the car. So are you trying to get yourself into the point of sale of the vehicle or trying to advise customers on which electric car to buy?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, that's a very important point because we understand that when when you buy the vehicle, it's when typically you you, you understand that you don't know nothing about charging. And and so we see that on clients. Uh, And the questions are are just too many, and people have no idea, they have no relation with kilowatts, what's the power they have available at home. So we need to be there, and so we are partnering uh, with uh, financing, lease companies, uh, Arval, Finlog, also with OEMs here in Portugal, Hyundai, Opel, Volvo. So we are together with the retail ship and, uh, and providing this partnership, so exactly we can help the client at that moment of purchase. Okay, clear.
0: Thanks Gonzalo, we'll come back to you shortly. My second guest is Tom Hart, Head of Portfolio for Energy Management and Electric Vehicles at British Gas, which is part of energy company Centrica in the UK. Hello Tom. Hello. Tom, same question for you. What, uh, I actually live in your territory, not EDP's territory, so what could you offer (laughs) me as I'm thinking of buying an electric car?
2: So, um, so the first thing obviously is home charging, um, and that's a, a big part of what we're doing today, and trying to make that journey really simple and easy and straightforward um, for consumers. So, home charging is definitely the first part, um, and I'd always say with home charging, definitely start your journey early because you know depending what the situation is in your uh, particular home, what's going on with your district network operator, um, start that journey early and kind of get going um, in advance of buying that vehicle, um, you know, to check what you need to do at that home.
0: Yeah, so I'm, home learning charging. The, I'm learning about the lead time of a, a wall box it isn't quite as short as I thought it might be, Tom.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So I think, you know, and, and my own journey was quite a long one when I got my charge point installed, um, mainly because of some additional work needed to be done to, uh, you know, change the, the the main fuse. So there's all kinds yeah. of things that you need to do as a consumer. So yeah. start early on the home charging yeah. um, and we can support that and we'll I'm sure we'll talk more about that later in terms of our solution there. You've got home energy uh, ev tariffs um uh, as uh, as we said um and yeah. very similar you know time of use tariffs two rate tariffs um uh, green energy um that can be applied to, to any and you can combine those two together or you can take them separately and um, that's completely up to you yeah. and um in terms of uh we do we also do quite a lot in the fleet space, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Maybe less applicable yeah. for your personal situation, uh, and then public charging um, as well. And our approach to public charging, we'll talk a little bit li- about later, I'm sure. But um, you know, we're not we are not a uh, you know we're not an operator of charge points per se, but we've got a solution mm-hmm. that maybe would uh, will help consumers actually in that space. Um, okay. And similar, actually, to um, you know to Consalo, we've we, we've partnered with a, a number of people. Of organisations, um, OEMs, leasing companies, um, to uh, provide those solutions at, at point of sale. So, um, you know, some of which are in the, the public domain. We can talk about some of which we can't. But um, Ford yeah. is obviously one of the main ones. Um, we're working with Honda, Vauxhall, uh, Lotus, um, and Toyota, Lexus as well, as well as some um, some other um, uh, brands uh, of charge points. So ABB is another good example yeah. of a charge point manufacturer working with them. So yeah, so okay. uh, we can kind of do the whole lot for you and then hopefully make sure it's a real simple and straightforward journey and take that, that pain and that uh that hassle away for you thanks
0: tom um so quite similar actually both of you in terms of what you're the hmm. how you're helping customers Gonzalo, just to come back briefly to you Tom mentioned a time of use tariff with cheap cheaper charging at certain times is that something edp is offering as well
1: that's exactly what, uh, what our plan consists on. So uh, our standard tariff for someone adopting a charging solution, a wall box uh, for their homes, uh, we offer a 20% discount during the night period. And this applies for the whole consumption of the house, actually. So and, and it's always a green tariff, which is which is not the standard tariff for EVP, but it is for EVs and for EV users because it's a very important uh, factor for them because you are electrifying your you're driving if, if, in reality, you are charging your car with uh, with energy that's generated from renewable sources.
2: Yeah. OK.
1: That's an
2: interesting point there in terms of the, the comparisons, I guess, between the territories. Because in the um, in the UK, the differential between that night rate and day rate is, is even greater. So it's more of a three to one ratio, I guess, um, in terms of the price between the two. So it's interesting to see those differences.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, Let's, before we get sucked into the discussion, because I have another question on the tip of my tongue, but uh, let's introduce my third guest, John Murray, uh, my colleague and uh, Delta EE, and EV expert. Hello, John. Hi, John. Um, now, John, one of the things on my mind, as I've alluded to already, is a, a wall box. I need to get a wall box for my, my driveway. And Tom, I'm very sorry, I haven't yet looked at the British Gas website to think about getting my war box from British Gas. Um, but, John, from the customer research that you're carrying out, what are you finding about where people like me are thinking of buying their war box from? Are there particular patterns coming out, people buying it directly from the energy retailer, from the car manufacturer? Um, what are you seeing?
3: Yeah, so so that's right. <clears throat> we we have just completed the, the the results of the the latest round of customer research where we've been surveying existing EV owners, uh, over 1,000 drivers across Europe, including France, the UK, Spain, Germany, and um, to really understand more about their charging behaviour and the products and services that they're using. Mm-hmm. And yeah, one of the things that that research is enabling us to do is understand how how many EV drivers, first of all. Have actually installed a wall box at their home because not all can. Um, yeah. But if they have, where did they sort that wall box from? Um, and like you, you've alluded to, um, that there are different sales channels um, that we've looked at. So, including the wall box getting bundled with the purchase of the vehicle, um, for example, at the car dealership, buying the wall box from an energy supplier like British Gas or EDP, um, buying the wall box online, um, like from Amazon or the Mobility House in Germany, or even buying direct from the charcoal manufacturer. Yeah. And what we found is that the market shares for each sales channel are actually quite different from country to country. Um, and that route where the wall box is bundled with the EV is a really interesting one because it's already been alluded to that that is normally the first opportunity to offer a wall box to an EV customer because most customers will choose the make or model of the EV they want to buy before considering what brand of wall box they might want to choose to, to, to charge their vehicle at home. Um, yeah. In Germany, that sales channel where the vehicle and wall box are bundled together t- today accounts for about one third of all home wall boxes sales. Okay,
0: well, wow. quite large. Whereas
3: lot. in France, yeah, so quite large, but but actually in France, it's closer to two thirds. So the really distinct from market to market.
0: So in France, people are buying their wall box with their car, whereas another in Germany, some are, but less, less in France. Consumer and Tom, how, how do you see that? Because you're, you both mentioned Buying an EV and a wall box is quite complex. It's complex. There's a lot for the customer to do. You both want to position yourselves right at the beginning of that customer journey. Are you managing to do that? Are, are customers thinking of British Gas and EDP as their partners, or are they looking to other places? Is it a struggle to get in into that customer journey at the beginning?
2: I think it's um, so. It, it is a real challenge, and I think a lot of it's about education um, in terms of. We've found from some of the research we've done that customers, um, you know, it's not they don't just make a decision to buy a car overnight. It's a process they go through, and the more we can do to kind of support customers upfront with education about the process, the you know, the better. And that's a real focus of us. And certainly, you'll see a lot more come out in in the coming months uh, of us trying to support with education as well as working with partners to help educate customers as well. So that that might be the car OEMs, it might be other uh, players in the automotive market. Um, and uh, and it could also be the DNOs and the sort of district network operators as well. And potentially there's more we can do with them to, to educate customers. Um, and our approach very much is to to make sure we're touching uh, touching base uh, as many points as possible. So whether it's when they're in the branch with the, you know, buying that car, we you know, support the OEMs with uh, with education in that space with some of our solutions. Whether it's on our website um, uh, or whether it's conversations in the contact center, it's just making sure that customers have got all the support there so they can have those informed conversations. So um, so yeah, and that's how, that's how the approach
0: that? we take. Tom, I, I can see you can offer all, all of that and you can try and offer those solutions to your customers, but how broadly, how successful are you at them using you rather than other sources? You know, John mentioned Germany, two thirds by the wall box from mm. the, the OEM, or I'm looking online, for example. So is it is it a bit of a battle to position yourself as their partner, or are you finding particular ways to succeed in that, or have you learned lessons about trying to position yourself as their partner?
2: Yeah, so I think I'll put leasing to one side for a second, actually, maybe come back to that. But outside of that market, um, it's a real mix. So, um, and I think we're seeing in in, in the market where customers do want to kind of come direct sometimes, but actually also they really want to just... uh, to get it all done and one and done in their, uh, in the dealership potentially. The deal we did, the, the relationship we got with Vauxhall, so the um, mm-hmm. the deal we did with Vauxhall where you get a free charger and 30,000 30, 30, free miles and uh, and, a, and a wall box uh, and tariff all together as one, you know, that's been quite successful because customers just, it's simple and straightforward. Um, so yeah, I think just providing customer choice is the key, I guess, um, yeah. for uh, on all occasions.
0: I guess customer choice and that all in one simple attractive package, what you just described there with voxel yeah. you know the miles, is a free wall box that it makes it reduces all the hassle. It's a very attractive package, you know but, on, yeah. but yeah absolutely Gonzalo, how about yourself? is it is it a challenge to get yourself as the customer's partner to position yourself where you want to?
1: I think uh, i'll I'll, I'll, I'll like to everything that Tom was describing. so uh you see the 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 client when he buys the car uh typically focus on the car a lot and and, and leaves the charging solution to a later stage so when he realizes uh it's probably so it's good to be there when he buys and decides for the car to inform him about the decision he has to take about how he's going to charge his car uh because then there's there's typically a restriction on the power that he has contracted for his home so he just starts Maybe charging on a plug, and then the plug is not is not it shouldn't, it shouldn't be you shouldn 't be using a normal plug of your home to be charging your car even if it 's a slow plug, so you need to advise the client on that and then they see they have a constraint on power and and for us in Portugal uh, we have actually a specific case that that turns this quite even more difficult that's if you live in a condominium so typically in condominiums, even if you have a, a a charging place, uh, a place for yourself, and there's a plug there, or you can actually charge, a, you can put a wall box there. You are using energy that's paid by everyone, okay, because it's, it's one of the free areas of the condominium, the same as the stairs yeah. or the elevators. So the authorizations you need to provo- to do that, and uh, so we developed a pro- uh, product specifically for that. When you, you use uh, uh, our, our app, so you're charging with our app, and you have an inbuilt wallet, and you're paying immediately to the condominium the amount of energy you just use to 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 charge your car. So we are helping the client because we saw that use case was not being solved by the market, and so we entered to do that. And again, as I said, uh, so I think being together with OEM, so the dealerships and and the leasing companies, and, and integrate the offer on behalf of the client is very important. So we see this is an ecosystem, and it's very important to be there. Uh, because the more we can the more we can integrate ourselves uh in in anticipation of the client, the more the client will have what he needs integrated in yeah. a single offer. And that's that's exactly what the, the pathway we designed.
2: Um, uh, just building on. on that, I think I mean, around leasing companies, um they're, they're a really nice example of simplification in many respects. So whether it be company cars, salary sacrifice or just um, you know, uh private leasing. It makes it really simple because you're paying a monthly fee of uh, £300. The charge points built into that price, um, and you almost don't need to think about it, right? It just gets all happens, um, and it's really straightforward. So it's quite a nice model that, in terms of how they're approaching that in the leasing market, and, and we're we've uh, partnered with with two large leasing companies that are, are doing that, and it's working quite well.
0: Okay. So, John, is that one learning from your side about simplicity? Um, are you seeing these bundles? Uh, where everything's included, the miles, the war box. Um, do you think that's going to be the direction the market goes in these bundles and simplicity, or do you think it's that's too simplistic? Actually, there'll be many different parts of the market that want many different things.
2: Yeah, I, I, I definitely think the bundled approach will um, will, will take hold. Um, particularly the charge point and the vehicle, I think, is a really nice bundle. Energy is an interesting one because obviously, as Gonzalo said, the the your energy for your for your for your EV um, is a big part of your consumption, which people don't always realize. It's a big change, but it's only one part. So it's quite an emotional decision to change your energy energy supplier to um, and to bundle that all in together. It might be almost too big a decision. And I think the other element of that is what we see in some of the research we've done is that people tend to only think about the tariff afterwards. So it almost goes car, charger, then tariff. Um, so actually trying to bundle those all together almost might be a step too far for some customers yeah. where they just can't make that decision all at once. Um, but the charger and the car maybe is that initial step which bundles together quite quite nicely as well. So um, So yeah, there's definitely gonna be bundling, I think, definitely.
0: But still bundling, but with, the one by one office as well for different parts of the as market. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Gonzalo, how do you see that? Do you see more more, and more bundles?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I I was going back to the ecosystem I was referring to. I think what we're seeing in the mobility is such a difference and a, a disruption in the paradigm that existed that this is breaking boundaries among players mm-hmm. and markets. So, uh what was established before is not going to is not not is not going to be the value pools that be, will be on and available for players in the future. So, and you see uh, players are, are positioned themselves. So you see O&Ms uh, entering into the as-a-service cars or connected cars or shared cars, uh, and, and even in, in, in providing energy. So uh, you see this, 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 where we are uh, and who we are competing against. It's very different from even for an for a energy company as we were and are. A GDP uh, for for energy and gas. So in mobility, we are a player that uh, that competes uh, with uh, any startup from around the world for a solution in a condominium, for instance. And that that pushes hard for us. And so, but in the end, we have the client. The client uh, again, uh, typically we know from the client likes to buy energy services for from their energy provider to from who they trust. So. Uh, it's, it's actually uh, an obligation. It's something we have to do is, is talk to these partners, talk to these companies, talk to this because it's changed so much. It, if you, you were used to have your own combustion uh, car and you go yeah. to the gas station. You knew that. And now suddenly you're charging your car at home, uh, at, uh, at, at work, sometimes in public spaces, much less than, than what people think of. Because people tend to think they, they, there's not enough public space, so I cannot have an EV. So in the end, it will be 20%. So and it will be on the supermarket, and everything. so that's that's so different from the experience they had before. So that that what we learn from that is that we have to be partnering with all these companies. That's what we're doing for public charging. We have more so, than 1,000 public. Yeah, sorry.
0: Gonzalez, just I want to pick up on what you said about uh, car manufacturers becoming energy suppliers or offering they might offer energy supply um, do you see that and John I'd like to ask you a bit about how you see Volkswagen and Ellie in a minute mm. Rosado, do you see that as a threat to EDP I mean you said EDP has to develop these solutions do you see it as a threat that other people might move on to your territory
1: no, I think it's just uh, it's just some uh, another variable we have to take into account because uh, Smart mobility uh, and new downstream in general, so the energy transition, brings new markets to EVP. So we can enter also adjacent markets where we worked before. So that's, that's what we're looking to. Uh, and so we can be participating. And I think actually EVs are are actually, uh, they have a pivotal role because entering a condominium and then you have the distributed generation, solar, uh, self-consumption, local energy communities, new businesses like vehicles to uh, grid, even the, 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 the sharing uh, mobility. So there are many areas and, and value, value areas that are available that we have to compete with. What we have to know is that as incumbents, we don't have an advantage, a competitive advantage just per se. So we have to do our own way. And that's, that's what EDP is doing with all this uh, ecosystem that we are also trying to gather.
0: Yeah, so you have to you have to earn your share of these new markets and and compete. Yeah, what them. what
1: we know is that I think what we know is that no one will be able to be vertically integrated across all of them. And if you yeah. try to do that, you probably lose. So yeah. in our view, the one that will be able to do the most effective partnerships now is the one that will be ready and able to win in the future. Yeah. yeah. So
0: John, just for our, our listeners' benefits, do you want to? as a contrast, just outline what Volkswagen's doing beyond making some nice electric vehicles.
3: Yeah, sure. So, I mean, Volkswagen, clearly one of the conventional auto EMs that we're all familiar with. Um, They're probably the most advanced in terms of their transition towards or move towards the energy sector. Um, I think there's, there's an exception that the auto EMs are moving in that direction and the energy companies, as we've talked about, are sort of moving toward providing mobility. Um, But Volkswagen, they launched a few years ago now, their Ellie company, which is essentially their energy company that's providing services beyond the electric vehicle. Um, So they are offering to their customers in some markets, not all over Europe, but in some markets, EV tariffs, wall boxes and things like that. Um, So they are probably the, the best example today. Uh, of an auto OEM uh, that, that is providing energy services, but even they are having to rely on partnerships uh, to, yeah. to enable that. So they, they're, they're moving towards vertical integration, but are starting to rely on, on partnerships with, with many other companies across the value chain.
2: And we've um, just building on that. We've um, it's, it's a really interesting question, um, and it may vary from territory to territory, actually. But certainly in the UK, from what we've seen, you, you've got to move energy is quite challenging to deliver. Um, and quite challenging to uh, and complex, lots of regulation, et cetera. So um, it's not impossible, but it's quite um, a big leap to do that, um, especially when obviously the OEMs are their prime goal is trying to, to sell cars and to, uh, and to uh, you know, drive value from that. And our approach has very always been, and we've worked really closely with the, the, a lot of the OEMs, um, including Ellie actually. Um, and um, certainly in the UK, our approach is, is how can we work together with with mm-hmm. the OEMs um, to create solutions that actually bring the two together. Similar to what you know, Gonzalo said, if you're going to if you want to own everything from mobility to the home and be a single company that does every single element of that, that, that is extremely difficult to do, even yeah. for for some of the biggest companies in the world. Yeah. So um, I, I, yeah,
3: I completely completely agree with that, and, and especially when you start to talk about topics such as smart charging. Um, mm-hmm. and try to you know, provide uh, services to the grid, the ultra city grid, um that opens up a whole different box of questions around you know, yeah. the regulations and the, the value streams and the business models to, to enable you to 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 develop value from providing those services to the grid. Yeah. So
0: yeah. Tom and Gonzalo, do those discussions, those partnering discussions with OEMs, for example, do they do they ever get difficult in terms of, oh we'd like to do a bit of that? No, we'd like to do that part. And if not, do you anticipate they might get difficult in the future, or is it all very straightforward?
1: Well, I think uh, for the moment, not at all. It makes it, it's a complementary offer that they need, uh, so they have that need to fulfill something that their client also needs. Because in the end, their client, will be, it's our client. Because there's a great chance and probability that in the end, the client they are selling a car to in, at home, they will be an EDP client uh, or at the company. So the, the, if, if they can get with, through us uh, a, a special customer experience that we can design for their clients, it makes it easier for them to understand for that specific uh, car model, what is the, the, the best uh, charging Roblox solution that uh, is able to, to that model. And we can help on that and bring a special discount on a tariff. And also give them a, a special tariff to be charging on public charging. So this is the kind of deals we are doing today. Uh, if you ask me ten years from now, uh, that would be that would be probably a different answer. So we don't we probably don't know how the market will be split yeah. then. I think for to, today it just makes sense. It makes sense for them. It makes sense for us yeah. because the client needs it.
0: And you each have enough to do. There's enough for them to focus on the vehicles. There's enough yeah. to focus on the energy side.
2: And, and don't forget there's, a, there's an element of of um, you can have our expertise. Uh, you can play around with branding, for example, mm-hmm. and you can white label things. So there's lots of different approaches you can kind of take. That doesn't mean you've got one company doing everything. It could be a, two or three companies. But it's how you bring that together to a single solution for the customer and be clever with your branding to get almost the sum of the parts is greater. And that's the ambition yes. for those partnerships. Yeah.
0: Interesting. So you're open, Tom, to some of it might be British Gas branded, some of it could be white label branded, and on the other way around as well.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Whatever works, I think.
1: Yeah. I, I just like to give another angle on this. So uh, we are EDP, a so we are a supplier of energy. We don't have location. And though we have 1,000 uh, charging points contracted uh, on public charging, so we do this with uh, with true partnerships. So all the all the all the charging stations that we own and operate, uh, they are either in a hotel, a hospital, a hotel chain, a, a restaurant chain, or uh, so. This is all partnerships we've made and that we have closed just recently with McDonald's in Portugal, to say one. So we're going to do all the restaurants. So. These partnerships uh, go way beyond the, just the o and and then the charging at home or in companies, but also in public charging are quite important for us.
0: Yeah, there are so many aspects, I guess, to the customer experience, that's, uh, to providing a good customer experience that, as you, everyone's been saying, no one company can do all of that. Um, yeah, we agree with Looking forward, Gonzalo, you, you said things might might change a bit in the future. so it's already got to that time of the podcast when we need to bring out the, the talking new energy crystal ball. And I'd like to set the dial this week to 2030. So let's assume take up of electric vehicles has been a huge success in the 2020s. Um, how might you as EDP and British Gas, and John, if you want to think about the energy retail sector in general, how might energy companies be working with customers in the area of e-mobility? So what, what might your ambitions be? Or can you sketch out one possible future for for the role that an energy retailer might be playing in
1: 2030?
0: Gonzalo, do you want to go first? Well, okay. Or, yeah. okay,
1: yeah. So uh, I think it, it, it's, it's a crystal ball exercise as you've said it, uh, but, um, but I will agree with you. I think the takeoff of EVs will be actually um, Quite more expressive than what we are anticipating today. That's what we're seeing the last few years. We are always anticipating the targets, and that I think is going to happen uh, faster than we think. Uh, and so I think the challenge is, is for us. We are we are now an energy retail company. Energy is, is will will be uh, turning into into a commodity, and uh, and the scarce resource of the future will be power. So I think, as John was mentioning, uh, I think we can keep the journey of uh, Offering energy home services uh, connected energy, but we will look beyond that. I think that the fact that power is a scarce resource, uh, looking to smart charging and to vehicle-to-grid technologies. A car is parked 90 or 95 percent of the time, so it creates the, the 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 opportunity to to new services to to the system that can be brought. And these are new new businesses that are there to be explored. So and in the end, I think just being a, an energy company, I think the one advantage that we have is that uh, we know those assets well. So we can we can deal well with the power that's available in a building so we can control and offer these services. And so, and go beyond this is, is looking into creating market structures that uh, enhance and allow integration of distributed resources. I think so uh the, the the distributed resources will be the future also. So you you'll be able to generate your own energy at your home yeah. with the solar or whatever. And so we have to accommodate that. So and in the intimacy of renewables, a bundle with storage and being part and, and the and the and the car as a battery be part of that system, I think it's it's probably where we'll be in a few years' time.
0: Okay. So that's yeah quite a change from being an energy retailer Primarily an energy retailer today, and the beginning of that journey to that future you described. Tom, how about no, that? not forgetting?
1: Not forgetting. Just say this is all. This is a huge digital challenge for us. So it's not just yeah. asset management, but all of this business will be very digital-centric, uh, and, and that's also the step we have to move forward. Yeah.
2: Thanks yeah i'm building on some of that really i guess what's going to be interesting not just in the ev space and we very much look at um you know as i said energy management is part of my role as well so we are very much looking at ev in the home at least as one device of many devices and uh, that will go into the home they'll be consuming large amounts of energy whether it be heat pumps potentially um and other devices so one of the interesting things that's going to be is a how does the home change in terms of um, as consuming energy, and that could be about you know self consumption, more solar potentially, battery storage. Yeah. Um, but most importantly, I think is about how we can use um, the ability to uh, flexibility, so demand response, residential demand response, and optimization, both within the home, but also how that then reacts and links into the grid. Um, and that's you know one of the great things that we have in Century is that residential demand response. Uh, you know we're doing that on we're about to launch that later this year on evs we'll also do it with with heat pumps where we're shifting load around within the home to help um, manage uh, constraints at a national grid level but particularly as we move forward, that's going to become a, a DNO DSO challenge as well. So, mm. fle- providing flexibility services as a residential customer to the grid will be hugely important as we move forward, and that brings in, um, you know, a vehicle to vehicle to home, as well as a number of other, other technologies, um, and that's going to be required if we're going to make this. Um, you know electrify heating but also electrify mobility all at the same time um, uh, and not uh, lead to lots of money spent on the grid grid uh, reinforcement so yeah that optimization piece uh, uh, of energy in the residential space i think is massive um, uh, for for the future Um, so yeah that probably quite home focused, but that's probably that where i see it kind of playing out quite quite significantly
0: Well, I think it's very clear from both of you about the the future for your companies being, well, it will still involve energy retail, but a lot around energy optimization, energy management, distributed generation, and how all of those come together.
3: Yeah. Yeah. John, do you want to just to... Well, yeah, I just wanted to come back on Gonzalo's point, actually, that you made around the the transition to electric vehicles happening more quickly than anyone anticipated. And actually, uh, uh, we, I think, and I particularly... Uh, wholeheartedly agree with that sentiment. We've just published a white paper uh, that, that talks about our updated EV forecast to 2030 across all of Europe and uh, we're, we're forecasting that the number of EVs on the road in Europe today would grow from 3 million, around about 3 million today, to 84 million by 2030, um, which is much more than anyone was predicting, including ourselves, even just 12 months ago. So so this transition to electric vehicles is is, is, is the markets moving more quickly than anyone could have thought i think
0: yeah it it certainly is i think and it will go when change happens change can go incredibly fast when you reach that hockey stick point in the curve um i'm actually before buying my electric vehicle i've got a uh, i'm going to subscribe to an electric vehicle for a few months on a a monthly subscription model one of our previous guests on the podcast as a company that i'm uh, turning to for that and that includes well, not home energy, but uh, all my public charging and a nice bundle, keeping it really simple for me. So I think we'll see lots of new value pools, as you said, Gonzalo, lots of optimization, Tom, as you've said, and this will go very fast. So people will need to be quite nimble, but amazingly customer focused on making that journey, which is still a bit complex today for customers, much simpler in the future. We've run out of time, so I'm sure we could carry on for for twice again uh, on this topic, but let's leave it there for now. Thanks, Gonzalo, very much for joining.
1: Thank you very much for the invitation. It was a pleasure.
0: Thanks, Tom. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. And thanks, John.
3: Thank you very much for
0: having me. As always, thanks to everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast, whether you've got an electric vehicle, thinking about an electric vehicle in the future, or a long way away from buying an electric vehicle. and look forward to welcoming you back to the podcast next week thanks and goodbye if you're as passionate about the energy transition as we are then please keep in touch you can follow us and me on twitter linkedin or subscribe to the podcasts on your chosen podcast platform if you like the podcast and like sharing then please do rate us and to listen to archived episodes to read transcripts and to see the latest Delta EE insights, then please visit www.delta-ee.com.